Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. They say patience is a virtue. And it might be the virtue you need if you're in the market for a Hall of Fame quarterback like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Both of those gentlemen might need time. The question is, can any NFL team really afford to give them that time? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry, I just keep thinking about timing. Because you know this better than anybody is somebody that played the game and is somebody that that changed teams, right? When you start talking about the offseason, it's about timing. Timing of hiring a coach. Timing of hiring a staff. Timing of your, your scouts. Timing of the draft. Timing of free agency. What do you do when all of these timing elements require that you know who your quarterback's going to be, but you've got one quarterback in Aaron Rodgers that may not even be tradable until after June 1st and another quarterback in Tom Brady that has made it clear he doesn't doesn't know what his future looks like timing wise. Well, I think it's a situation where if you're an organization, you look at from top to bottom where you are as a team number 1. If you if you're a team that you feel like can compete for a Super Bowl and you might be that quarterback away from getting you to the promised land as I would call it and the promised land is very 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 a lot it's a ton of fun. Trust me, I've never been there cuz I've never won a Super Bowl, but I've had friends that's been to that promised land and have won multiple Super Bowls and they tell me it's like no other. It's a lot of fun, Fitz. Then you may be in a position to where you can, you know, let some time pass away and wait for your quarterback. Now, if you're a team in which your organization is going to be based off a lot of what you do in the draft and free agents and things of that of, of, of that such, you might not have the necessary time to just sit and wait on one of these quarterbacks. Now, there's also pros and cons to this, right? You have to weigh your options. You have to think about all the pros. You have to go through all the cons, but also have a backup plan just in case you're not able to get one of these two quarterbacks in which we're talking about right now, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. The hard part about the backup plan is that, you know, these are two quarterbacks that to this point in their career have had little interest or need in trying to take some role as a, you know, as a mentor, right? We've talked a lot about that. And, and I'm not mm-hmm. sure every athlete has that responsibility anyway. But well, we, Aaron Rodgers' side of things, we know he doesn't really want to be a mentor. Tom is a different, different breed. Like, I don't think Tom really minds doing that. I mean, but you're looking at some point organizationally, you have to plan a little bit for the future. How do you do that when you don't know what the future is for them? Now, again, Aaron Rodgers, this is complicated because there's a contract situation, the salary cap hit, we're not sure what it looks like. But it's also complicated for Tom Brady, who every time he's anywhere is going to be asked about his future, which includes, let's go. He was asked specifically what's next for him there, and this is the response. Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to do, I'd have already done it. Okay, I'm taking it a day at a time. I sense you're antagonized by the question. <laughs> you're scratching. It's only Are the question scratching? that everybody wants to hear. You're scratchy. <laughs> I appreciate your asking. Thank you. 
That's the Let's Go podcast on SiriusXM. Uh, do, do you believe he appreciated I'm tickled, being asked? I'm I mean, cool fits. I'm tickled by this because it's so many it's so many words. Tom Brady and he was being very nice by just dropping a few f bombs there because I can t- easily tell by the tone of his voice he's sick of people asking him asking him about it. And I'm on the side of things, man. Let the man have his peace. Let the man have his privacy. Let him take his time in making the decision in which a year prior he made the wrong decision. So I'm pretty sure he doesn't want to be in that boat anymore. Give the man some time. And he's he's sick and tired of people asking him that question. And that's evident by that piece we just heard. The inevitability here, though, is like the question has to be asked, right? Like Jim Cray is right. There's no way you're going to come on the, the podcast. Everybody knows that you do and then not be asked about it. So you have to expect it, but I also respect it. There's a fine line, too, though, bro. There's a fine line, too. Well, I, and I, especially if it's your podcast, it's a fine line. Well, and I respect that. Like, I think that there's a a huge element that's like uh, the the human life aspect of this. He just finished playing. He's trying to figure out what's next for his family. He's trying to figure out what's next for him and by his family. I mean, his kids, he's going through divorce. Like, there's all these different elements to it that are really complicated in life and he's probably needs a little time to sort it out i can respect that i can also respect the fact that jim gray has to ask the question because realistically you're not going to expect it not to be asked and then i can also respect the fact that teams need to know like he needs time but i'm not sure every team can afford to give it to him like if your team trying to figure out what your plan for next season is even if you've got this great roster harry i I don't think you can just spend all that time saying we got a great roster we'll probably get tom whenever tom's ready like you can give him a week or two but by the time you get to free seat free agency you're going to have to address it well i think it's more so based on your backup plan as that team like if you you know if you want tom brady he's not available you had a chance to get aaron Rodgers, he's not available then now you have to go to Derek carr you got to have backup plans in place for every situation possible that's why they pay general managers the big money that's why the owners make the money they make because of those type of decisions and also team presidents uh you have to make that decision do you want to wait as a football team or are we not allowed to wait do we need to move forward and push push forward with our roster and what we need to do free agent wise and for the NFL draft but if you're in a situation like the New York Jets right now the New York Jets I think when you look at that football team the offensive line could be revamped in the quarterback position. When I look at that team, I can do that through the draft without knowing Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. You know what I mean? I don't think you need a, a, a decision from, from, from Tom Brady that quickly to understand what you need for the New York Jets. I, I think maybe the Jets are... <sighs> I don't know, man. I think this is damned if you do and damned if you don't. Like, context won't matter to this decision. It it, it should, but it won't, like in two years. If you're the Jets and because Mm -hmm. you are waiting on Brady, you decide to take a pass on Derek Carr because the the timing on Derek Carr is much different than the timing on Tom Brady. If you're the Jets and you decide you're going to pass on Derek Carr because you're waiting on Brady, but then Brady decides he's not coming back. Brady decides it's just not in the cards for him. By then, you've missed free agency in the draft. Now you're running it back with Zach Wilson – now all of a sudden you're talking about a team that again is going to be sort of stuck where they are. You could be looking at wholesale coaching changes, wholesale front office changes. Like that's what <laughs> happens after mediocrity, all because you waited. Now the the flip side of it is if you decide not to wait and you go out there and you get Derek Carr, and then three weeks later all of a sudden Brady's like, "Well, I was ready for the Jets. They just didn't want to well, give I, me the I, time." I, I, Everybody's going to get fired. Like either way, I wanna, they're I, damn. They're, I want to get screwed. Evan. 
Evan, our producer, in on this conversation. So, Evan, if you had the opportunity, if you're Woody Johnson right now and you're a Jets fan, a huge Jets fan, and you had the opportunity for one of these three quarterbacks, do you think it's possible for the Jets organization to go 0 for 3 and not land any one of them? Yeah, no, I think that's exactly what would happen. Like, the Jets would miss out on Derek Carr and then miss out on Brady and Rodgers. Oh, like, I, I absolutely think that's what ha- would happen. It's also cost. Like, we saw Peter King say that the Jet, the Packers want two first-rounders for mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers and that Woody Johnson would be willing to do that. I'm not willing to do that. Like, two first-rounders for Aaron Rodgers for one year is too much. I want Derek Carr as the Jets quarterback because of the cost— it, the value of the cost, like he he's not cost prohibitive. It's going to take maybe a third round pick or or maybe the Raiders cut him. So for me, I want to just go get Derek Carr immediately so you can focus on the well, rest see, of the offseason. This it, it, is that's too important so, of an offseason for the Jets to wait on one of these guys. But, so that, so I, you say that if that's the Jets' mindset, then that's what they need to act on. There's no reason to be waiting on Brady. The only problem is if you're the Jets and you have the choice between Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, you might sit there and feel like you like the decision of waiting to try and get yourself a Brady or Rodgers. Like you think, mm-hmm. if you think you're in the Aaron Rodgers sweeps, like here's as I was saying at the end, if the Jets go out tomorrow and they acquire uh, they acquire Derek Carr in a trade, and mm-hmm. then we find out in three weeks, well, you know what, Aaron Rodgers is also available. Everybody's gonna freak out that they didn't wait. But if they wait I, and I, they I don't, don't get Derek don't Carr, Jets, everybody's gonna freak out. I don't think Jets fans can afford to do that, or the or, nor the organization. Did we remember the quarterback play that they had this season? Right, uh, Derek Carr is a major upgrade over any quarterback that they have on their roster. Because if they had decent quarterback play this season, they would have been in the 2022, well, 23 playoffs. Yeah, well, you're not wrong. Every answer this is wrong or, or is right. Everything you're saying is right. The timing is just really difficult for every team to try and figure out exactly what to do. By the way, Shefty added last night on the 6 p.m. Sports Center that he doesn't think the Packers would trade Aaron Rodgers in the NFC. Said it would have to be in AFC. That's just that's Shefty's opinion. That is not hard reporting from anything. That's just his opinion on it. But it okay, adds Shefty. a layer of complexity to what could be uh, what could be happening. In the meantime, speaking of layer of complexity, it's always complex when it comes to Sean Payton. One NFL team is waiting to get their ducks in a row. I think we may have pieced it together to figure out who that is and how it impacts a star quarterback. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Hanging out with Louisville Hall of Famer Harry Douglas. Say it one more time again. Louisville Hall of Famer oh, Harry my, Douglas. My bad, Evan. I'm just putting some respect. I'm not doing this right, Harry. I'm just putting some respect on your name. Oh, you got to use a K. Respect. That's what, I, that's what I did. Respect. The respect. With some I, respect. <laughs> I don't know why it doesn't work right for me, but, uh, you know, I'm going to keep trying. <laughs> one man that always has respect on his name. Sean Payton, and every day brings new stories about where he's interviewing and what could be next. But now, oh, 
pour your tea Uh-oh. out. We're getting a little drama. All of a sudden, we're putting the tea leaves together. We're reading the, the cards. We mm-hmm. may have a hint coming from one of our insiders. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry, have you ever gone to like a tarot card person that like turns the cards over and reads them and all that stuff? Oh no! You talking about like voodoo, like Miss Cleo type That's people? Not like not like voodoo. I mean, voodoo <laughs> feels like like a little like voodoo doll. I, I don't. By the way, I do not believe voodoo. Well, works. I only see those people in New Orleans. Like when I go down to New Orleans and I'm walking the streets, they're trying to read yeah, cards never, like, and you've never the been, palm like, of well, your hands and stuff. Yeah, no, like you're walking up and down the boardwalk in Atlantic City. There's going to be somebody there with a weird deck of cards that are going to like read the tarot cards, and you have no idea what they're saying. If there's any factual accuracy to oh, it. Oh no, I've never been to Miss Cleo. Okay, well, you know, we're gonna have to. <laughs> Uh, we're we're going to have to work on all this. I think Harry and I going to a psychic would be amazing. My one rule is always I'm been... I'm nervous. My, my, no, I got one rule. Like, you take your most dumpster fire friend, like the person that has mm-hmm. absolutely nothing going for them, and you make him go in first. And if that person comes out and he's, like, crying, and he's like, I found out I'm never going to have a job. Nobody's ever going to love me. I'm going to die alone. My life's a disaster. I'll go mm-hmm. see that psychic every day because that person, like, spits truth. Like, that's... that. You take the one dumpster fire, figure it out. But tarot card reading, you know, you put all the cards together and try like reading the tea leaves maybe we're reading some tea leaves from the great Diana Rossini because uh, there's this this went out on Twitter Jeff Duncan reported latest update on Sean Payton he completed his interview with Carolina on Monday in Charlotte will meet with Arizona officials Thursday as previously reported his second meeting with Denver has been delayed Diana quote tweets this and says also to add to the reporting I was told there's a team waiting in the wings watching all of this and can make a move if they get their, quote, ducks in a row. Oh! Quack, 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 quack. I, I really thought it'd be me that would be making the duck sounds on this show. I don't know. So, I, you know, I, mm. I talked to a couple of people that I know, okay. that, I, that okay. I trust. Talk to us. Give us the tea, man. I have, Give been, us the tea. I have been assured that this tweet has nothing to do with the Dallas Cowboys. So we're sitting around talking about it, and Jerry, our buddy, says he just wheels out of his office like something from an 80s sitcom. He wheels out of his little cubicle area, and he turns around dramatically, and he says, Ah, Justin Herbert. Oregon quarterback, ducks in a row. This obviously means Sean Payton's headed to the Chargers, right? Fitz, I like the pieces that you have put together with this information. Oh, my goodness, that duck noise. I might as well do it. Quack, 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 quack. Also, just in case a lot of listeners didn't know or viewers, um, I'm scared of Howard the Duck. So I don't want him anywhere near me. Howard the Duck you're scared of? Yes. Howard the why what why would you possibly be scared of an adorable little huggable duck with a big backside? Because man, I seen this like duck scary movie when I was a kid. And it was all I can remember is the the duck was like evil and it was like a truck, a big truck that the duck was in. And I used to have nightmares about it. So I never liked ducks from that point on. Okay, that's fair. (laughs) Except for Donald Duck. uh, We're Disney employees. We love Donald. Okay. So I'll keep I'll keep Howard the duck away from you. (laughs) (laughs) So are you buying uh, are you buying Sean Payton to the Chargers through my duck theory? Fitz, I, I've been buying Sean Payton to the Chargers since last year, uh, watching Brandon Staley. And when I look at a guy like Sean Payton, and I was able to play against him for eight of my 10 years in the National Football League, and w- the things that he's been able to do on offense from you know multiple personnel groupings to shifts and motions to being balanced on offense, 
All of those things are what Justin Herbert needs at the quarterback position. All of those things is, is what the Los Angeles Chargers offense need from their coach, from their play caller. They just let go their offensive coordinator and their quarterback coach. But that doesn't say, hey, Sean Payton can't come in there and take things over from a head coaching perspective and try to change this organization like we seen him do when he went to the New Orleans Saints. Now, this organization, I think, in my eyes, is starving for an NFL championship. Uh, they're starving for um, success in the playoffs. And I think Sean Payton is a guy that can actually help get them to where they need to be based on Justin Herbert, the guys that they have signed and spent a lot of money on, on that defense as well. So I think that defense and whoever Sean Payton brings in defensively can turn things around as well. Yeah, Here's the thing, though, like that, that really shocks me about all of this. Nobody has to wait on Sean Payton. Like, we're used to watching teams wait through the interview process because you're waiting to get, like, an Eric Bieniemy. You got to wait till they're eliminated, for example. You're trying to find the right time to interview coordinators from high level teams. And so you just have to be patient in the process. Nobody mm-hmm. has to be patient right now. Like, if you want Sean Payton, you can go out and get it. Like, you work out the trade, you work out the contract. He is available to anybody that wants him right stinking now. So the fact that teams would still be getting their ducks in a row it is surprising to me. The fact that if the if the Cowboys were going to make this move, they already could have. Like the, Immediately at the end of the season, we could have heard McCarthy's out and Peyton's hired, and that could have been done in the amount of time it takes to do uh, the necessary interviews he, to, the to comply with, Jones, with the Rooney though. Rule. Jerry, Jerry Jones loves to have people on staff, particularly head coaching-wise, that does what Jerry Jones tell, tells him tells them to do. Sean Payton is an alpha male. Sean Payton's not going to go to the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones going to sit up there and tell him what to do as a head football coach, as a play caller. But the flip side of it, too, though, is Jerry Jones, at some point, Jerry Jones isn't getting younger. How bad do you really want a championship? Are you just engulfed with making money in this with your, within your organization, being America's team. I, I think there's this moment with Peyton, because I don't disagree with you, but but many people have spent the last several months putting Sean Payton and the Cowboys together. I, I'm just saying, if that marriage was meant to happen, it already would have. We've already hit the amount of time. Like It takes a couple of hours to comply with the Rooney Rule, like it or not, to do the interviews that they would have to do, and by today, they could already have, uh, they could already be moving on to Sean Payton. That could have happened that quickly. So the well, fact that it hasn't, to maybe, me, tells you that the Cowboys aren't looking outside the organization. Just like we heard that, you know, this specific team is trying to get their ducks in a row. Maybe the Cowboys are trying to get their Mississippi State Bulldogs in a row. I don't know. Maybe Jerry Jones is trying to do that, Fitz. I mean, I buy the patience element with certain coaches because you have to have it. You don't have to have it with Sean Payton. And this all comes back. The last line of Jeff Duncan, who originated the tweet uh, telling everybody about the the schedule of upcoming interviews, and he's a columnist down in New Orleans, is, in my opinion, the longer this goes, the likelihood of Payton staying at Fox increases. I think that's the, the God's honest truth. It is not a sexy story, and it doesn't give us a way to talk about Sean Payton and the Dallas Cowboys every day, which I know we love to do. But the reality of it is, I think Sean Payton loves sitting on Fox and having everybody talk to him every week for every game about what he's thinking and what's next. It's great attention. It's awesome. He can go around the league. He can talk to people right now. But if he seriously wanted to be somewhere else and another team seriously wanted him, it could already have happened. There's no reason... For it to drag out this long, I don't think Sean Payton's going to be coaching anywhere next year. He's going to be back in Fox. You know and we're what I need go to do this again. You know what I need to do? I need to go back through all those tapes of Sean Payton being on those sets and seeing what he said about the Los Angeles Chargers. 
That I need to go back and watch all that stuff. See, that's that's the kind of homework I like to do, Fitz. I like to go through. I don't have number time on my hands. I don't go to sleep about two or three every night. That's, that's fine fact. with me. That is fact. You know, he doesn't sleep. My guy doesn't sleep. So now you're gonna start watching. You're gonna instead of texting me film study, am I gonna get texts of, uh, of of random rips from studio comments? Is that what we're doing now, AC? Actually, I'm gonna be watching film and that on my TV. So killing two birds with one stone. Look at this multitasking. That's the level of multitasking only Harry Douglas can do. <laughs> all right. So the question is, what's all this mean for Justin Herbert, and who should he be? mentioned with as a quarterback about the, who's only one win away from the Super Bowl. That's next. We'll break it down for you. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. This is Fitz and Harry. We used to practice it Saturday mornings in our walkthroughs and stuff, and I had a, a little package. You had a little, little package? Did, little did they know. Harry Douglas was, got a little oh, package? At that time, I had a little package. <laughs> I'm all grown up now, baby. I'm all grown up now. <laughs> I think Evan Producer has now quit the show. Get it off, get it off. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Harry, I got to give it up. Howlin' Horns tweeted me. Said, I was scared of Howard the Duck, too. It was a real thing for kids in the 90s. I'm a few, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a few years older than HD, uh, you know, a little bit older than HD. So for me, Howard the Duck was like a theater destination. Like you went to see Howard the Duck. It was an important, like it was a, a cultural phenomenon. Like I, I remember seeing how I, I saw it nostalgia wise. I saw it on TV not too long ago. I was like, oh my God, I got to watch this movie again. Never occurred to me. It was scary. But I will ask you this important breakdown because Christine Lisi was just in here being the amazing Christine Lisi that she always is. And mm-hmm. she, she said that I needed to make sure that you're aware clowns are scarier than ducks. Where are you on clowns, Harry? Like, now that I know you're afraid of ducks, are you also afraid of clowns? <laughs> do you believe in magic? And I hope you do. No, I'm not scared of clowns, though, Fitz. But here's the thing, though. Scared I didn't ducks, have a, okay. a, a traumatic experience when I was little with clowns. I had the traumatic experience watching Howard the Duck and... You know, it, it just put in my mind that ducks are scary. They uh, hurt you. They do bad things to you as well. Okay. I, you know, so if if we're out, like, next time you and I are out traveling, like, if, mm-hmm. if I wanted to, like, go down to the beach and, like, I don't know, or, or down to, like, a little water area and throw some duck food out, or are you out on, is it real well, no, ducks, no, no, no. too, I, or just the fake ones? Yeah, yeah. I just think those big fake ones and, okay. you know, those ones with, with, with the evil look in their eyes and... That can yeah. potentially hurt you. E- e- and that's what I witnessed as a kid, you know, watching Howard the Duck. Okay, okay. He's H. Douglas uh, 83. I'm just saying I'm at Jason Fitz. Uh, today, I feel like I might be a little more brave than Harry Douglas. Uh, Harry, uh, <laughs> speaking of brave, sometimes you got to be brave when it comes to quarterback money. They don't stop money. with this damn yeah, duck No, noise. the duck's going to happen the whole time. Uh, we're gonna, uh, duck hunt. Hit us I'm up. getting we nervous need over here at this point. I'm getting nervous. Uh, don't make me go to the closet now. Oh. Duck, duck, goose. <laughs> wow. 
So many things to say. Uh, all right. So, you know, speaking of getting nervous, sometimes when your quarterback needs to be paid, you get nervous. Now, you know me. I'm ever the capitalist. I want every single player to get every – like, I want players to walk away so filthy rich that owners are sitting there suddenly having to, like, mop their own floors because they've lost all their money. I love it when players get rich. I'm all in on it. That being said, there's a new article out on ESPN.com uh, that's actually out on Plus. NFL executive predictions, okay? Okay, so uh, this isn't just our insiders. Uh, this is NFL executives. So uh, they talk to evaluators, coaches around the league, executives around the league, and they ask specifically about quarterbacks. And there's one headline here that had me sort of a, a little shell-shocked because not this portion of it. If I told you Joe Burrow will make 50-plus million dollars per year, I don't think that would surprise anybody. We know that's the new quarterback market. But we were just talking about Sean Payton to the Chargers. This article also says not just Joe Burrow, but – Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow will both make fifty million plus per year. Fifty Ooh. million at this point. Steep price. Justin Herbert, like that's a lot of cash. It is, and when you look at a guy like Justin Herbert, since coming into the National Football League, he's broken a lot of records. He's done a, a lot of tremendous things from that position as an individual. But when you talk about team success, I haven't seen that from the Chargers. I haven't seen that from Justin Herbert. He just made the playoffs for the first time this season, and they blew a 27 to nothing lead. And they're at home watching everyone else play at this moment currently. When I look at a guy like Joe Burrow, um, I would give him that money in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Because not only does he has the individual success, and not only has he elevated everyone around him, but he's had the postseason success, right? Going on the road last year, getting sacked nine times, still making it to the Super Bowl, and uh, 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 Aaron Donald list play away from potentially winning the Super Bowl. And then you see what he's doing this year, coming into the season, starting zero and two. But everyone got rattled except Joe Burrow. You, you remember the press conference he had? He's like, "We're gonna be all right. We're gonna be fine." And boy, was he telling the truth, one hundred percent. He was being one hundred. Telling everyone to relax. They're going to be okay. And now they find themselves in an AFC championship game in back-to-back years and potentially could be in the Super Bowl back-to-back years. See, that's the kind of success that I need to see from Justin Herbert. And even if you don't reach the Super Bowl, I need to see one, two, three wins, uh, one or two wins in the playoffs. I need to see you reach an AFC championship game and go toe-to-toe with the Mahomes or with the Allen or with the Joe Burrow. That's what I need to see from Justin Herbert moving forward. I absolutely love everything about Justin Herbert. And look, if $50 million is the new going rate, and I can't stress this enough, I don't think it's about being the best. I think it's about having your contract up and knowing that at some point they're just going to have to give you that deal. That's what happens when you're an upper echelon quarterback. You're going to get paid. We all know can that. I, can I ask you this, though? Yeah. Why do we talk so much about Lamar and That's what, I was about what to say. the team shouldn't pay him? And then we have a guy in Justin Herbert who's just not making the playoffs and hasn't had a playoff win and team teams haven't had the success that Lamar Jackson has had, nor has he won an MVP. And, and that's exactly where I was about to go. Like at this point, Justin Herbert's 0-1 in the playoffs and nobody's going to question when he gets over $50 million a year. And then the answer is going to be, well, Lamar plays in a way that, you know, he gets injured more, blah, 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 blah. We pick and choose. We move the goalposts constantly on why we don't want Lamar to get paid. 100%. If, if you're Justin Herbert, like fine. If I have no problem with Justin Herbert being worth $50 million. That's going rate for a great 
quarterback. But you can't tell me then that suddenly Lamar Jackson should take a dime less than that. He's he's got an MVP. Like at, at this point, Lamar Jackson has shown you a, that he can play at the absolute highest level. If Think if we're going to go on playoffs, it's still incomplete for Justin Herbert. Think about this. The Baltimore Ravens offered Lamar Jackson less guaranteed money than what Kyler Murray got and what Russell Wilson got. Think about that. Uh, Let uh, that sink in. And we sit here and fault the player for like this is the other part of it. You know, we we, we love to fault the player because he should want to take a deal to stay where he is. Like, okay, so Justin Herbert should get 53 50.3 or more. Like this expectation is that uh, both Herbert and Burrow will surpass Aaron Rodgers for what he makes. So you're talking about roughly 51 million a year at least. We're saying that those guys should take that, should take the money and run, and should deserve every cent of it. And then we're turning around saying Lamar shouldn't like that. I can't find a reason that that makes any sense to me, Harry. None. No, me and you both. And Lamar Jackson is a guy that played at Louisville, also where I went to college. So I watched him very closely. He played for the same coach that I had while I was at Louisville. Now the offense was tailored a little bit. Um, But still, when you have a guy that's a leader, a guy that – you know, is the face of your franchise, the guy that has done everything that you asked him to do. And he is the reason why you're on the map. Now, don't get me wrong, the Baltimore Ravens and Ray Lewis and uh, winning two Super Bowls, they were already on the map. But we got to remember when Lamar Jackson took over that team, they were at a place where they were trying, they were trying to find that next guy because they, they knew Joe Flacco wasn't that, that wasn't that guy, right? They found one of Lamar Jackson, um, and they put their time and their money into Lamar because they actually, you know, drafted him, moved up in the draft to take him with the last pick. But at the same time, I think he exceeded expectations for that organization. So now compensate him the right way. Yeah, nobody's going to say that the Packers can't win because of Rodgers' contract, that the Chiefs can't win because of Mahomes' contract, that the Bengals won't be able to win because of Burrow's contract, or that the Chargers won't be able to win because of Herbert's contract. But they'll certainly say that loud and proud the minute Lamar signs whatever deal he signs, and it's absolute trash. Mm, I wonder why. Uh, I can't imagine <laughs> what the difference is. Alright, we'll I keep breaking why. down all the contract information. Speaking of contracts, Dak Prescott got absolutely paid by the Cowboys, but according to one of our Experts, it's time for the team to move on. You'll hear it. We'll react to it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. take that's good great or a hot take how hot red hot find out now with Fitz and Harry what time is it good take hot take time who oh look at that like that was he did that so much cooler than I we'll try that again what time is it game time who I like the who at the end of it. Oh, it feels so good. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Uh, it's good take, hot take time. So we're going to play you some takes from some of our peers. We might even have one interpretive reading of a take, I believe. We're going to do all of this for you. After the take, we'll decide whether it was good, and in which case we're like, yeah, I really like what they're saying. Or if it's hot, as in like that person has lost their damn mind. All right, we start with our buddy. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. He was on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max and said this about the Cowboys and maybe looking 
at a new quarterback. Absolutely. Either this year or next year, he has one year left of yeah. guaranteed money. And look, that doesn't mean you're moving on from Dak Prescott, but you want to have insurance. And the other thing we've learned about Dak, guys, is durability the last couple of years has been a problem between his foot and his thumb. So absolutely, now that the season's 17 regular season games, I would definitely look to acquire one either this year or next year. Look, I think he's a good player. He's clearly somewhere between 8 and 15. He played great against Tampa Bay. And six days later, he made two awful decisions, and that cost him the season. So, should the Cowboys look at drafting a young quarterback? Is that a good take? Hot take, Harry. To me, this is a hot take. Hot and take alert. Be- hot take alert. Hot take but, alert. But just because you draft a young quarterback doesn't mean that right now you're getting rid of Dak Prescott. You can draft a young quarterback in later rounds and allow him to build to what you want him to be. We're watching a situation right now in which Dallas Cowboys just lost to the San Francisco 49ers. And Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, was drafted with the last pick of the 2022 NFL Draft. He was able to sit behind Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. When those two guys got hurt, he was able to be inserted into the lineup and look at the San Francisco 49ers now. They're playing in the NFC Championship game, and Brock Purdy has been some of the reasons why they're able to play in this game. Now, just because you draft a young quarterback doesn't mean you got to get rid of Dak Prescott. That just means that you got a young quarterback and he's going to learn how to be a veteran. He's going to learn how to play the game at a high level. He's going to learn coverages and the playbook and the ins and outs of the business at the National Football League. This is a hot take. And it's a hot take simply because, you know, fact is over and over and over again, I keep hearing that there's some sort of fracture between the relationship with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott and all they've done with their money is prove that that's not true. So this is us taking something simple and making it complicated. All right. What about Stefan Diggs? You went to Twitter yesterday to say, want me to be okay with losing? Nah. Want me to be okay with our level of play when it's not up to the standard? Nah. It's easy to criticize my result more, my reaction more than the result, which is something that was reacted to by our own Keyshawn Johnson this morning on Keyshawn J. Will and Max when he said he gets where Diggs is coming from. He should be mad, and he should be teed off. All of those sort of things. They get him the football, they increase their chances of winning the damn game. There is no other option if I'm Stephon Diggs. Don't tell me about some other receiver. There is no other option. You brought me in here to help you. So allow me to help you. Well, you didn't have the time. They're rushing him. Okay, put another blocking scheme together. Whatever you do, I don't want to go home a loser. I don't want to be sitting around all offseason with the what if I, if I could have, wish I should have. Oh, no. Absolutely not. I hate it when people try to go at guys for showing their what do you think? Good take, hot take. This is a hot take for me. Uh, I watched against the Miami Dolphins on third, and I think it was third and four. And Stephon Diggs was wide open, and Josh Allen never looked his way. So there has been moments in these games where I, I'm like, where's Stephon Diggs? Why aren't they trying to force feed this phenomenal wide receiver, this top five wide receiver in the National Football League? Blows my mind. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's a hot take there. And, and I, I understand where Diggs is coming from in his frustration. Good take, hot take. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Jason Fitz, Harry Douglas. All right, this one we don't have audio for. So instead, we're going to have the tweet. The tweet is from one Dan Orlovsky. So we're going to have Evan read it. But it's the way we're going to do it on Good Take, Hot Take. When you read the tweet, you got to give us your best impression. So, you know, I, I expect Evan, close your eyes and you'll imagine that this is actually Orlovsky speaking. Devin, read the Orlovsky tweet in the, sorry, Evan, read the Orlovsky tweet in the voice 
of Orlovsky. Go ahead. Yeah, so when he hits the A gap and the Y gap, you see him. He comes over the middle of the field, and bam, he hits him right over the middle of the field. Yes, Josh Allen, for that reason, is in the same tier as Patrick and Burrow. Why, why, okay. why did he just do Chris Mad Dog Russo? I mean, it was a little Mad Doggy, but you know, it wasn't wasn't terrible. Josh Allen, same tier as, uh, as uh, Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. What do you think? Good take, hot take? No, I think this is a good take. And I think we just seen... We just seen recently Joe Burrow and how he was able to play and how he was able to elevate everyone around him. We've seen Patrick Mahomes do it. We've seen both of those guys we just mentioned reach Super Bowls. We have not seen that from Josh Allen. We also, from six week six, we've seen Josh Allen turn the football over very frequently and put his team in bad positions. So I think he's underneath a, a tier, just a, just a little bit un, uh, underneath those two guys. I said yesterday that we're seeing the modern version of uh, Manning versus Brady, right? Somebody tweeted me and said, if that's the case, does that make Josh Allen uh, Big Ben in this equation? I actually really like that, uh, only because it says, hey, this is the third person that's in the conversation and belongs in that conversation somewhere. I think this is a good take. I don't think it was a great impression, Evan, but you have, we can work on it for next and, time. And let me, let me say this really quick, though, because when you talk about tiers, I'm not going to say he's not in the same tier. I just don't think Josh Allen is on the same level as Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. Because when you talk about tiers, technically, at tiers, yes. But is he on the same level as Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow? No, not, a, not by any means. Yeah, so and that's where, instead of tiers sometimes, I go to shelves. Because, like, I drink. Uh, so when you go to the <laughs> when you go to the bar, right. When you go to the bar, <laughs> you rarely, like, you, you, there's they're sort of tiers. Like, uh, you know, there's certain types of vodkas that are on certain shelves. Top shelf, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it goes from top shelf all the way down to well. There can be Ooh. some sort of which, which vodka is my favorite within that top shelf. Which tequila do I prefer within that top oh, shelf? So, so let me do this. So I would say Josh Allen. And Joe Burrow, 1942. Okay. Right? And I would say Josh Allen is Casamigos. Okay. Okay. Uh, when it comes to the tequila. See, I like that. See, that that's they're all sort of on the same shelf. They're all in the same basic general price point. There's just a little difference between each of them. Some of them have a little bit different flavor. So I look at I look at all of it from the take of alcohol, which might mean I you need said to tequila. I got excited. I know you, you did actually get you, you got wildly excited there. As I there is one left. take so 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 hot. It deserves a reaction of its own. Our buddy, Marcus Spears, threw out fire when he made a comparison between Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. We will break it down for you. You We'll give you all of the analysis you need on it. And, of course, most importantly, we'll tell you why Marcus Spears may have lost his mind. He may have hit too much of the tequila before he gave you this one. You'll hear it next. We'll react to it. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.